Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 43. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. It's been a while since we hit you up with one of these because we've been actually in the woods, off the grid, and incommunicado. And it was glorious. But... We're back. I am sitting here at our new mobile studio along the International Appalachian Trail in Mount Chase, Maine, and I'm joined by the proprietor of the uh, of this establishment here, Ed Butler. How are we doing, Ed? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, do you have a name for this? We're actually at Ed's uh, remote property here. We're at the uh, at the communication level in the subterranean fortress. Tim, um, Tim, I, I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, but we are recording on your portable recorder next to a white van in a cleared area of land we uh, coming to <laughs> it's you not as fancy as it sounds guys no this is this is high tech as it gets right here <laughs> and uh, christopher is here as well so ed christopher and i are joining up getting the dream team back together for another <laughs> podcast uh and we actually haven't i've seen christopher i haven't seen ed in months and so we're gonna just get everybody caught up on what people have been up to so ed you recently launched your own podcast right i, I did actually Matt, Traitor. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> i couldn't wait around for you guys to go to, to hit it big but uh it was a, a collaborative effort with my friend max um who uh we've been doing it together we've actually only done five so far but yeah it's having a lot of fun and uh what's the name the Woodsman Podcast. The Woodsman Podcast, and we'll definitely link that in the show notes because yep. if you if you enjoy this podcast, then you'll most likely enjoy that. As uh, well. we, we we aim to please, right? But uh, I know it's a, you're a tough act to follow, and is that, I, we're doing the best. Is we that can. like a crack that like, I'm <laughs> gassy a lot, or? Uh... <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's been a, it's been a ton of fun. Yeah, we we love doing it. And we're just trying to, uh, I'll talk about myself now, because that's what Perfect. I'm actually good at. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, we're, um, we're just, we're trying to, like, cover, same premise as a YouTube channel. You, you cover the uh, the seasons and the events going on, if it's trout fishing or maple syrup or something like that. So it's it's kind of along the same line. Oh, I thought you meant a 30-second ad for a 15-second video. What's that mean? Premise? Like what? YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. I'm uh, helping. Yeah, anyway, sounds it. But yeah, so that's that's the that's kind of the gist behind the our podcast. Similar, nice. to, you know, covers the, kind of the same stuff you do, but not as uh, in depth with like the primitive skills side of things. We yeah. touch on that a little bit, but not not much 
Well, yeah, it's cool. Again, I've been in the woods for uh, five straight weeks. This is I'm on my way back to the grid today. We're not quite there right now, yep. obviously. And you'll notice so, I have positioned myself upwind <laughs> strategically. <laughs> Remember, we were talking about the northwest wind coming predominant. That's that's what I, that's what it was all about. I thought it was the the breaking wind. No. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Chris, would you like to add to this? Yeah, I would love to jump in. Um, yeah, so I spent the last, uh, most of the summer running School of the Forest programs. Um, we just got finished with like our our family bushcraft week, which was a lot of fun. We had a bunch of little kids running around, um, not swinging axes, but just kind of getting a taste of the outdoors. And then before that, we had the tech detox, which was uh, two weeks. One of the first one being in camp, the second one being on trail, and both of those were... They were a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to running them next year. Nice. Any, yeah. uh, give me one story of something that happened while you were running programs this summer that's memorable. Entertain us. Um, well, so the the funniest uh, little bit, and it's something I hope I never hear again on a course, but it was definitely funny when it happened, was doing canoe stuff on our pond. And... Um, was out with a couple of the parents and all of a sudden from the shoreline we just hear mommy i'm naked and the four-year-old uh had removed his his clothes and had jumped into the pond and that you know what's funnier than that yeah you can get away with that when you're four 40, yeah 40 not so much yeah it doesn't work out i tried it later and it just no nope. we got into a little hot water over that last summer no the pond's cold yeah well it wasn't in the pond it was another anyway we don't have to bring that up but uh <laughs> Yeah, so if you if you broke, I know you you're, you had talked about skinny dipping in every every lake in the state of Maine. <laughs> How's that coming? Uh, three out of a thousand ain't bad. Oh, okay, so you got a long way to go yeah. to finish that goal. Well, I don't want it to be a goal that's achievable. Yeah, we'll pick Minnesota, ten thousand lakes. Yeah, don't ever go to Saskatchewan. Yeah, <laughs> what is happening? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. We were kind of on a roll. What? It's called going off on a tangent. <laughs> what, <it laughs> what we do. <laughs> oh, so, uh, it's been a while. I forgot. Yeah, I think the last one of these recorded was right after the Bonaventure. Yeah, yeah it was. So, it was the Bonaventure so one. So since then, after the Bonaventure, I had a week off and then was back up at the field school. We ran an awesome summer woodsman course. And the week after that, we started our four-week wilderness canoe expedition semester. And... This summer was a definite challenge in that all the waterways were bone dry. Mm. There was water just about nowhere. And then we got this massive weather pattern of heat and humidity that just beat us up on a daily basis. But we ended up paddling a couple hundred miles. We ran the Allagash and the East Branch. We did some hiking in Baxter State Park and in the uh, Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument. Um, and had a great time regardless. And we finished that actually yesterday. Uh, everybody left and uh now i'm on my way home i've got about four days to see my family before being back up for the start of the fall semester that starts in a week really yeah that's it yeah, yeah not a lot of downtime <laughs> i guess you're right yeah i forgot it i guess i wasn't thinking it was that late i'm gonna make the uh i'm gonna yeah my tagline is gonna be the hardest working man in bushcraft <laughs> the only working man in bushcraft <laughs> more, more like it. something that's awesome that happened on the trip though uh so we're camped at round pond on the allagash the lower uh downstream one i think there's three at least uh we're camped there and one of the guys comes up to me and says hey somebody's here says he knows you so I walk out to the to the waterfront. I'm camped in the woods. Walk out to the waterfront, and it's a former Jack Mountain student 
who I had been in contact with this spring. He had emailed me last fall that he was building his own uh, wood canvas canoe, which he did. Uh, did a great job. I saw it. It was beautiful. And then he emailed me this past spring and said that he was going to take his wood canvas canoe and paddle the 740-mile northern forest canoe trail. So when I saw him, he was at about mile, uh, I don't know, 700 and 710 or so, about 30 miles out from Fort Kent at the end of the trail. So we, you know, we chatted for a bit and, uh, you know, his name was Ezra and just awesome to see people being out, you know, and doing awesome things like that. So that was just super, super cool to, uh, to see. And it's just a little bit of trail magic, you know, to have that little rendezvous kind of. Yeah. Cause it was, wasn't planned. It wasn't we planned at all. Each other. So, so he, he totally built it from scratch. Yeah. He, oh, no kidding. He built the wood canvas boat. You know, there's the ones where you bend the ribs around a mold and do the planking. If you can hear that in the background, that's ATVs driving by because we are right on the International Appalachian Trail we, at the mobile studio. We're not making it up no. either. No, no, this was <laughs> on location. Uh, but, um, but no, that's cool. I've, I, that's something I've always would love to have the time and the patience to do. Yeah, I would I love think. to. I've done it once. I built one with another guy. Mm-hmm. I actually built a 20-foot mold to build them on and would like to build another 18 foot mold and then when I get to be an old guy mm-hmm. and have a lot more time obviously these days I don't have any but I would like to crank out a boat a year or something like that mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of a di- certainly a dying art yeah yeah so yeah um but I did hear from someone who went on the uh the Elgas trip you did he had a really good time huh um uh said yeah you see it would I guess it would now the water there is never an issue right because of the... it, it is an issue really it's dam controlled and they've got the beauty of the Allagash is that they have these you know massively large headwater lakes that store a lot of water yep. and then right where the river starts is that is Churchill Dam that they open up from I think eight to noon every day and let a bunch of water through because it's a white water run so then you have enough you have adequate water to make it down without banging everything you know to death destroying your equipment yeah. yeah and then they then they shut the dam and lower the water level but it stores a ton of water whereas most of the other rivers around here don't have those massive headwater lakes to draw on so when we get a period with just about no rain which we've had this summer yeah they just you know the aroostook was down below 100 cubic feet per second which is like you yeah. know for example when it, when it goes out when the ice goes out in the spring it's at like twenty thousand cubic yeah. feet per second so yeah because i remember when even like in the spring well was it may you were up on the Blackwater in the St. Croix Street yeah, where yeah. we got together. That that was almost too low, or that was getting low, right? Right. At that yeah. time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's early May. So, like, this spring, it's just been a really weird year for water up here. That mm. In the spring, we couldn't go anywhere in the early spring because there was too much water anywhere. And then literally, like, two and a half weeks later, it's at summer low water levels and just kept getting lower. And so now, it was such a short window. What do, you, what do you chalk that up to? Well, you know, I talked to a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of old timers, and especially up on the St. John area, like Allagash, St. John, Allagash Village. And we actually talked to a guy when we were up there taking off the river. He attributes it to the logging practices that, you know, a big, massive, mature tree will store hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water. Mm-hmm. So when they cut those big trees and, you know, they'll replant little ones that don't store hardly any water, but they cut all those big trees. Then when the snow melts and the water runs off, you know, big clear cuts, that water runs off fast. It, it just keeps going. And then it's gone. Yeah. But if it's a mature forest, it'll hold a lot of that water back, you know, and release it much mm. more slowly. So, I mean, that's, I think it's probably a factor. I'm not going to 
pretend like I know all about, you know, all these things. And I don't want to make, you know, make anybody the bad guy here. No, but there's definitely a different difference in the rivers compared to even 50 years ago. Definitely. Or, yeah. So this guy we, we were talking to, he said he lives right on the St. John. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he said 30 years ago, they would have water to swim out front in the river all summer. He says now it just dries up. Yeah. You know, it's not 100% dry. There's still water coming through, but it's just so much lower. Yeah. And that just seems to be year after year. It just seems to be a trend now that it's like you got to get your canoeing in before June or you're going to run out of water for them in a lot of those places. Right. And the water's so much warmer. So all these waters that we were on traditionally, if you read the history of Maine, they were all trout water. Yeah. Uh, but it's so much warmer now because the trees are cut. The water runs yeah. off faster. There's less shade. Well, that's a, that's a whole that's a total issue with the with the brook trout right I mean, they need those cold areas those cold holes you know that's what they need to survive right so we had a guy a young guy uh really motivated fisherman fished the whole trip fished every campsite we stopped at on the allagash didn't catch a trout caught lots of chub right and it, yeah. you know we attribute it to just the water is that much warmer it's all water temperature yeah. that is so key yeah and that's that's huge unfortunately and i don't know if they could how would you ever fix that i mean realistically well, I mean, you know, in the summer, the trout traditionally don't stay in the bigger rivers. They'll go up the small side creek. So, mm-hmm. like, when we were coming down, we would camp or whatever or just get out for a swim. And where little streams come in, it's it's noticeably 15, 20 degrees colder than the big river. Oh, sure. So that's where the trout will stack up, and they'll run up those side streams. Yeah. You know, I don't know I don't know if you could bioengineer something, geoengineer some way to keep the... Yeah, because there's always, the water cooler. There's always talk about, you know, getting, you know, with all the fish ladders and they're trying to recreate, like, habitat for the salmon so the salmon will return and spawn. And so, but they're not having very good luck with it in most, no. most cases. It's the idea of, like, you know, breaking something and then trying to fix it. It's a lot easier not to break it. You can't fix one thing and fix the whole system. That's what yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we have the hubris as a species where we think, like, oh, we understand how ecology works, you know, because and we'll dumb it down to, like, three inputs into a system, but it's thousands and thousands of inputs, right? Like, yeah. it's not, you can't break it down and be like, well, I always make the example with, say, with the deer herd in northern Maine. You know, mm-hmm. they often, the coyotes, people blame, people blame forest practices, but the idea is that ecology, you can't simplify it. It doesn't, reductionism doesn't work you can't break it down here's two factors why there's probably a hundred factors why but two get a lot of press right right that they'll be the causative factors but i think most of that stuff is probably more complex than people would give uh people would think it is no it absolutely it's a balance of everything yeah and whether it's habitat or loss of habitat or, or food source or, or whatever and we were just talking before the podcast about the deer herd in new hampshire how New Hampshire has kind of fallen ass backwards into good deer hunting, and it's through you know developing and creating habit. Like you were saying, a deer is kind of an edge creature. Yeah, uh, it won't live in complete wilderness. No, you know it needs that. It those doesn't edges. like deep woods. No, no. But you, if you track it though, like if the like the deer hunting in northern Maine, you know, in recent history has gotten a lot worse. Oh, well, thirty years ago, where where we're sitting on was prime. I but mean, so thirty years ago, yeah. also there were no podcasts. So I'm making the claim here now that the reason the deer herd in northern Maine is suffering is because podcasts are exploding. Yeah. So with every podcast, there's fewer deer. Every action is a reaction. (laughs) What else just exploded? My mind. (laughs) It's you you could call it a coincidence. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're onto something. I don't think you know. But when the deer herd was really healthy too, Mm -hmm. there were no ancient alien TV shows. Oh, jeez. That's true. And I have a hard time talking to Tim and not looking at that hat. I don't know about you. 
Because we were talking, like you were saying, I forgot. I think he looks weird without it on now. <laughs> what do they say? A hat can never be, the personality of a hat can never outweigh the guy wearing it or something. I think they wrote that about Tim. Yeah, I, I agree. Someone else said it. I, I'm plagiarizing someone. I forget who it was, but anyway. <clears throat> so how, how are you doing, Chris? What are you looking forward to? What do you, what do you got coming up next week? Uh, ne- I'm taking a break. I'm going to kind of camp, do something fun, and kind of think about what to do next year for School of the Forest. Everything was it was really cool to watch um, sort of the different age ranges that we had up there. Um, you know, the, the tech detox program was teenagers, and then the family bushcraft week was, like I say, everything from two to, you know, a guy in his late 40s. And um, it was really interesting to watch that sort of dynamic while they were all working outdoors, because I imagine that that's sort of what early humans, that's sort of the environment they lived in, was a, a big age range and everybody was kind of doing stuff. And I got to kind of see that firsthand over the last week. And that was really cool to watch them sort of work as like a tiny little community, even though they just met each other. Yeah, but it was kind of like you say back in those back in early days. I'm sure there was a lot a lot of respect for the elders of the tribe too. There wasn't a lot of that. I felt no. very very disrespected most of the time we were there. That could have something to do with me, not them, but I'm not sure. It could be podcast. It could be Twitter. There was yeah. no Twitter back in the day. Like when the early man had no Twitter. Um, I can't imagine. How did they solve any of their? How did they ever let anyone know what they were upset about? I can't imagine a, a world without social media. Yeah, me personally, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Like, honestly, when we were out on Why the would trail, you bother? Why bother? We're totally Why off the bet? grid, right? There's just no cell coverage out there. So no one's on their phones, and we're actually talking to other yeah. people. We're interacting with one another. Yeah, that's not And good. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> like, get me back to where we can all stare at our phones and be in, like, physical proximity, but yeah. not interact with one another at all. Yeah. You know? Like, I had no idea what was going on with, with Khloe Kardashian. You know, I just... It was terrible. So you we're know, never running anything else like off the grid like I that. heard a rumor that there are people out there that really aren't concerned with the Kardashian with what the Kardashians have going on. You mean there are I people that aren't keeping up with Wait a the second. Kardashians? Is this a rumor or a Well, conspiracy? That's, I think it's a rumor. I think it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy because I don't know anyone who doesn't follow them on a day-to-day basis. Right. I mean, they're the best of what humanity at so. this point has has created. Yeah. So to not keep up with that would be like Yeah. Those well, small mean, communities we were talking about earlier. I don't know That's what they were working towards was being able to keep up with the Kardashians. Yeah, I don't know if it's Kim or Chloe that's writing a book, but it, but it's how write a she, they're writing a book is the woes of actually having to. Um, I've never never really accomplished anything other than social, fame, you know, social uh, fame, and then having to deal with that. So I mean, I think it's going to be a great biography. I can't wait till it comes out. Like it's an existential crisis to some extent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine living that. I don't know. I, I give them credit to be honest with you. Yeah. So really what you guys should get from this podcast, like we said at the beginning, we're, um, we're trying to catch you guys all up. Um, five weeks in the woods, your brain goes a little crazy. Um, not a lot of sleep, not a lot of rest. I don't know what Ed's story is, but... What? My, as far as Well, what? Tim and I have an excuse. We've been out in the woods for the last five weeks, so we're a little brain dead and tired. I've had way too much exposure to people. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so it's the other yeah. end of the spectrum. Yeah, actually, no. I just had a real busy... Well, it's been... Uh, what? I'm trying to think here. Had a, we did a couple trips down south and then um, had uh, like a real busy two, three weeks at work, like, you know, work mm-hmm. three weeks straight. And then um, a couple things, of course, working for yourself, nothing ever goes away it's supposed to. So we actually had a window and that's why we came up this weekend yeah. up to northern Maine. But uh, just been working pretty much steady and getting ready for bear hunting and did a little brook trout fishing last weekend. Actually, that was a good time. Yeah, Over in the white, white Mountains. Nice. Yeah. We caught, oh, we must have caught um, uh, Mark Patterson and I, actually.
actually. We just did a video t that was released today, but um, we probably caught 25 or 30 native you know, little brookies, little ones, yeah. know, little brookies, but then we caught some holdovers and some stocks. But we both went home with five fish and had a nice fish fry. Awesome. It was a good time. He had a blast. I had a blast. Uh, great guy, too, actually. Yeah, we've he and I have uh, communicated but never met. Yeah. I don't want to call people like that, you know, like when you... Like, brother! Well... <laughs> <laughs> you got it, brother. Yeah, that's what you call him. He's your brother. Oh man, <laughs> Insta acquaintances, so good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's funny how you meet people on social. Well, you and I met on social media. Yeah, you know those date. Well, no, actually, that was back up a little bit. But uh, we met through YouTube, right? Uh, so a cusk fishing video or something. Yeah, you sent I me this. Sworn you guys met on Tinder. No, that was long. That was actually no. Okay. That was someone. Yeah, no. Got we, it. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Grinder. Grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Uh, that was another. Yeah, we've had a few. We've had a few interesting <laughs> websites. We're professionals. Yeah. But um. But we we it was over a cusp fishing video or something, and you sent me this like text or whatever it's like yeah hey or email or something it's like yeah we live in the same town and we actually lived across the street from each other and didn't even know it yeah, yeah. and you know thanks to social media now you know but anyway but it is funny how you meet people some people you never actually meet but um and some people you you do meet and you know but uh it's it's funny how things work out it is funny so so uh, last question. We're on Ed's property that he purchased a year ago here in Mount Chase, Maine, and we literally are right on the edge of the International Appalachian Trail. And I'm just curious, what are your what are your plans for the for the place here? Oh, ultimately, um, well, we're gonna we're starting off with you know, kind of doing some camping here for the first couple of years. But ultimately, um, we want to turn it into a, 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 a somewhat of a guide facility. And when I say that, um, you know. Uh, Obviously, I want to do some bear hunting up here, um, but but uh, <laughs> that's my personal uh, thing. But um, you know, kind of like uh, you know, we'll set it up so if someone um, like a, a guide for hire or something wants to use the property or whatever and do some mountain biking or uh, anything pertaining to um, that sort of life, you know, that sort of uh, field or whatever. Cool. Um, like you had talked about doing some canoe trips or something. About no no. We had talked about it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, the trip that we, um, we've t talked for a while about running a trip that's sort of a four week and it's mountain biking, canoeing and hiking and all that stuff. And one of our other alumni was yeah talking about Pe running people, that at some pe point. Yeah, people don't associate guiding with mountain biking, but it is. Part yeah, of, it is. I don't know how to ride a bike. Is that weird? Well, you'd be a perfect guide. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just a growing trend of people who are, uh, you know, mountain biking, even like, obviously not going to do it here, but like stand-up paddle boarding. I mean, that's all associated with guiding now. People don't realize that. You know, it's all part of the recreation. Mm -hmm. So, and it, you know, and it is a change. No, a lot of people aren't into bear hunting anymore or fly fishing. They're into the other stuff. So this is a really good area to do that. Yeah. Or, I mean, or fly hunting. You can, Like yeah. going out and try to capture, like, exotic insects. Yeah, but try to find a taxidermist. Yeah. Yeah. Very hard to find. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. That's I guess that's the plan. We'll see where it goes. But right now we're just kind of enjoying the property and looking forward to doing some, you know, doing some hunting and um, we just kind of want to share it with everybody. Yeah. And it's yeah. right. We are right on the edge of the uh, Katahdin Woods and Waters National Monument, the new one. We're just down the road from 
Baxter State Park. There's mm -hmm. two awesome river trips within 10 miles of here. What, what, yeah. Saboas River and yep. the East Branch of the Penobscot River. Yep. Great trout fisheries, both of them. Uh, Grand Lake Matagamon's just down the road. So there's a ton of awesome stuff here, you know, within just a few miles of the property. So I'm excited. And I think you're going to... I think yeah. you're going to really enjoy it here. Well, Shin, Shin Pond is phenomenal fishing. Mm -hmm. um, I Actually, it's funny. I talked to uh, one of my customers that I worked for last week used to fly in to Shin Pond and go fishing. And we got talking about it, and they actually, for 20 years, they came. She's It's actually a lady. She's probably pushing 80 years old now, so it was a few years ago. But she used to love coming up here for, like, weeks on end. And she, had, she really she loved it. Nice. Um, but no, it's a, it's just kind of a, it's a, it's a cool area. I mean, um, you know, like you say, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff to do in pretty close proximity. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, we'll see where it goes. Nice. Yeah. And we're about, uh, I think we're about as the crow flies, like 25 miles, maybe 30 from the, our field school in Masardis. Mm. So we're pretty, pretty nearby. Definitely less than an hour to drive down here. Just, to, just hop down route 11. It's about 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, not, the, not the if, way I drive. If the yeah, that's true. If the bridge isn't out, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, you could probably. I'm just trying to think. You could, in theory, you could. Uh, you had talked about riding down here on a snow machine or something. I think in theory you could do that, right? Right. The trails actually, the yep. corridors here are incredible. Yeah, this is this is the land of snowmobiles. And four wheelers and whatnot. But yeah, that's all part blimps. of it. Don't forget blimps. Yeah. I have not seen a blimp. Well, I haven't bought mine yet. Yeah. That's we're saving up for the Jack Mountain blimp. Then we'll only travel by blimp. <laughs> It'll match the hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get you a monocle to go with it. Yeah. So, well, so is this officially your first tailgate podcast? Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is. Awesome. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I should take off my shirt and paint Come, NASCAR across my chest or something. Well, I, I already have yeah. actually. But uh, no, across this my is my chest. Remember <laughs> <laughs> that nap you took? How was I not aware of yeah. this? Yeah. <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, we're on a Polaris tailgate. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah, that's... Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll wrap it up. We're gonna all going to look... Uh, we're getting a photo of us on the tailgate right now. That'll be the, uh, the photo of the, for the episode. And we'll uh, wrap this one up. But anyway, sorry for the delay in being away so long. But we were just all off in the woods doing stuff. And, and you know, hard to keep up with podcasts or the kardashians as we discussed me to when it. we're out in the woods off the grid but we're working on that but we're working yeah. i'm gonna get a satellite hookup this Th there's year there's actually a kardashian app really yeah that's yeah. uh why did that's why depressing. why am i not shocked um why well, don't i have this uh you will after this podcast awesome. i'll show you how to get it all right awesome <laughs> cool. thanks for listening we'll catch you guys later